0: Good morning. I have loved this IMPACT conference. I love all of them. I think my favorite line so far was Greg's, get out of the cheap seats. You ever been in the cheap seats? Went to a football game and you're like way up at the top. It's just not quite the same. And then recently I was invited to a dinner on the playing field, on the football playing field. I thought, wow, it looks different down here. Those goalposts are really small. It's, it's amazing the different perspective when you're at different places. That I have more compassion on the field goal kickers. Um, but may we be those that get out of the cheap seats and get our lives involved, get our lives active in serving our Lord Jesus Christ. I've so en- enjoyed having the Bontragers here and the Copy Loves and different people who have responded to that call of God. And it's a privilege really for us to be a part of a church where we're partnering with people. Uh, Kendrick's been saying, who will thank you? And sometimes we think it's just those that we individually told about Jesus. And that's true, but it's a lot bigger than that. It's, it's the team, It's we're the team. And sometimes it's that donation we give towards impact fund that bought A Bible that was brought to somebody in Georgia and they ended up reading it, coming to know Christ, and they never even heard of you, but you had a part in that. You had a part in that. So I think the thank you sometimes will be, thank you to a large group of people. And you'll say, what? Me? How did that work? And, And we'll, I don't know if it'll work that way in heaven, but we'll find out that we had a part. We had a part in seeing the gospel extended here in this world and you know this is really not to pat us on the back but it is to encourage us to keep on going to keep on moving forward I appreciated Kendrick's word a couple times us this week and he said the best is yet to come the best is yet to come or I, I found it said in other words by Franklin D. Roosevelt we have only just begun to fight. I like that. May we never be those who just rest upon what God has done, but those who are saying, God, there's so much more for us. There's so much more for this church. I don't know about you, but I wanna be a part of that. Let's pray as we get going. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege. God, it's a privilege of being a part of your family. We don't take that for granted, Lord, and we thank you also that we can be a part of your army here on earth, those who are a part of advancing and extending your kingdom. Father, I pray, my prayer this morning is that there be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us today. And that God, just by your grace and your spirit in us, that there would be a a empowering, a propelling, a, an encouragement for us to look out beyond our own lives and to make a difference in this world by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I uh, don't enjoy being criticized. I don't cherish it when people speak poorly of me or mock me. I'm not a big fan of being ridiculed or scorned. I would like to be a man that people think of as reasonable, practical, tolerant, kind, loving, That's what I'd like people to say about me. So let me turn this on you for a moment. Let me put on the hat of the secular critic that surrounds you. I might be your neighbor, your brother, your sister, coworker, put that hat on for a moment. Say, Mike. How can you be so closed minded? How can you possibly believe that your way is the only way? And that salvation is only through Jesus? I thought you were an open minded kind of guy. What is wrong with you? And Terry, you knew I'd pick on you this morning. How can you believe the Bible? I mean, wasn't it written by a bunch of archaic, hating, homophobic, chauvinistic men? How can you possibly believe that book? Or Jim? Jim, 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 Jim. (laughs) You've heard that before. How can you be so intolerant from people who don't think like you? Why are you Christians so hateful? Doesn't everybody have a right to believe whatever they want to believe? Ouch. Can you feel that that discomfort? The tension, the wanting to defend yourself to say, that's not me, that's well no you have to understand you but you don't always get that chance. As we walk with Christ, even more and more, there will be people more and more who will not understand who we are as Christians. And there are criticisms, and there, are, there is ridicule. And let me just say, this is not a new problem. This didn't start with us in this generation. The Apostle Paul, after he encountered Christ, he was knocked off his horse, he encountered the living God. And when he encountered Christ, he got this job responsibility, and it was bring the gospel to all the nations of the earth. You. Little job, right? So Paul took this on as his call. This is Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, the educated, the man who would have had great respect as a Pharisee now, He's got the job to preach Christ crucified. And not everybody was waiting for Paul. Yes, Paul, finally you're here. Come tell us the good news of Jesus Christ. It really wasn't that way for Paul either. In fact, God told Ananias in Acts 9.16, he says, I will show Paul how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. How many of you would like that to be said about you? I'm going to show how much you must suffer for my name. Now, when we think of Paul's suffering, I've always thought of his shipwrecks. He was flogged. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. And that's what I think of his sufferings, and no doubt that was suffering. But that's not all his suffering. Paul also experienced what it was to be ridiculed, what it was to be criticized. He says in 1 Corinthians one twenty-two, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, which is a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God stronger than men. So the Jews wanted a Messiah that was gonna come in strength and in glory, and he was gonna deliver them from the Romans, and then they got Christ crucified. And they're like, wait, no. No, that's not what the Messiah is gonna be. It was hard for them to make that adjustment to understand God's plan for the world. And the Greeks, they love knowledge and philosophy. And to imagine the story of Christ crucified to them, that was just foolishness. In fact, at one point, they spoke of Paul and said, Paul, all that study has made you mad. You've lost your mind. And Paul responds also in 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it's written... I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. You see, Paul's situation was not a lot different from ours. He realized that preaching Christ was going to get him criticized, ridiculed. And my question to us this morning, pretty simple as we try to close this impact conference, is how do you respond to opposition? How do you respond to a world that does not understand your faith? What do we do in this world? For those of us, which I believe I'm speaking to a church of people who are following Christ, what do you do with this faith in the world? You know, most of us being strong, valiant, fearless, we we go underground. We... Go dark, we stay quiet. We fly under the radar, we we take the light of Christ. You knew I'd do something with this. You take the light that we're meant to shine in the darkness, and we put it under a bushel. Still peeks out. Kind of a strange thing to do, isn't it? And we justify our position by referencing all the evangelistic fails that people do. Those who may be more valiant than us, who miss the mark sometimes. We, how about the crazy people on the street corners preaching the gospel? Turner burn. preaching about hell? The argumentative door knocker going around door to door? or the people who seem out of touch, religious, those Christians that talk about the rapture, Christ coming again, and we shy away from that because we want to be considered reasonable, rational, normal. And we say things like, well, you know, my, my faith is very personal. My faith is very private. And we somehow take that as, it's okay to stay quiet. We quote St. Francis of Assisi who says, preach the gospel at all times, use words only when necessary. And we think that's a great quote, had its point. The point was, live your faith. But we've misused that to say, we just need to stay quiet. Live for Christ. Let our example show. I just want to say, folks, this morning, there is a time to speak up. There is a time to use words. There is a time to tell others of our faith in Christ. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. That means somebody has to speak. And we tend to think, well, I'll let those evangelists speak. Praise God for the evangelists. Praise God for the people that just constantly are telling others about Christ. That's wonderful. But all of us have the call to tell others about our faith in Christ. Somebody needs to declare the message. You know, you can love people, have a good example, love your wife, love your husband, love your brother, love your parent. You can do that. You can do good deeds. You can go down and pass out sandwiches. You can do all these things for the love of God, and it will glorify Christ. But there comes a point when someone says, so what is this all about? And let me just say, folks, as we learn to speak of Christ, it will cost you. I want to make it clear, it will cost you. Everything of value costs. You know, it costs you to go to work every day. It costs you to go to school every day. It costs you to love your family members when they aren't that lovable. It costs you to care for your children at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, just last night my son's buying a phone and I get called from T-Mobile in the middle of the night, because it wasn't the middle of the night in Amsterdam. And I'm like, hello, you know, yeah, we're calling about this credit card. I'm like, "What?" you know, it, it was, I thought, well, it's for my boy. I love my boy. He's like, sorry, dad, I didn't, you know. So we had a middle of the night T-Mobile conversation. It costs to be a good dad. It costs, even when they get old, it costs to do the right thing And it's costly to speak of your faith in Christ. It costs. There will be people who will not understand. There will be people who will mock and who will ridicule. Sometimes those are the people who are closest to coming to know Christ. And so why do we do it? If it's going to cost us, why do we do it? Well, one, because the world needs Christ. You can't tell how desperate people are around you. You don't know what happens in the house next door. You don't know the people who are just hanging on. Or people who are doing well but still need to come to know Christ. And also, as we do, we are storing up treasures in heaven. If you want some other motivation, it tells us to store up treasures in heaven. Matthew 5, 16, blessed are those. Put this in the context of those who are sharing their faith. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kind of evil against you falsely on my account. So when they do that, we go, yeah! These are tough verses. And rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, I'd say this to you this morning, in the same way, let your light so shine before men, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And Peter continued on the same vein in in 1 Peter 3.14. But even if you should suffer for what's right, you're blessed. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I love it. He's speaking to us today. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Are you prepared? Any Boy Scouts here? Any Scouts? Be prepared. You're always ready for that situation. You are prepared. And are you prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you? There's one thing I want you to take home today. It's be prepared to give an answer. So when somebody says, what is it about you anyway? You have an answer. Some of the questions people say, it may not not sound like, so why do you love Jesus Christ? They may not ask you that question. But they may say something like, so uh, you're religious, aren't you? Or uh, so uh, what happens to you when you die? Or, you just seem to be smiling all the time. What's with that smile? Um, one of my, one of the guys that does this really well is Gary Gilbertson. Can you get a mic over to him here? Gary was telling me a story of a, a guy who wanted to sell him something. Gary, just stand there for a second. Tell us about that one.
1: Yeah. I was- <clears throat> I did secular work a long time before I entered full-time ministry, and I was working as an electrician. And uh, most of the guys listen to country music and take drugs on the construction site. So this guy came up to me and said, hey, man, I got some really good stuff. I said, oh, yeah? I got something better. He said, really? What's that? I said, I got Jesus. And I, he's in my heart, man. You just watch me. I'm going to be happier than you. And he just dropped his jaw, and that was the end of the conversation at that point, anyway. <laughs> so, so there's his question.
0: You want to buy some good stuff, man? Didn't sound like a question, but Gary was ready with an answer. Gary, sorry, yeah, one, one more question for you. Run, Kurt, run with that mic. Um, Recently, you're in Menards, right?
1: Right, right. So I was going through the line, and <clears throat> one of the best things to do is to learn all the names in the Bible, because most people, or many many people, are named the same as names in the Bible. So I always do this. So I said, Hannah. As I was going through the line, did you know your your uh, name is right out of the Bible? She said, I did. I said, Is that right? Do you read the Bible? She says, No, I don't. I said, Really? You know, I used to be kind of bored reading the Bible. But then somebody told me how to know God personally, and it just changed my life. And she said, really? What'd they tell you? Sometimes people have no sense at all. (laughs) (laughs) So I just told her, God loves you. We're all sinners. Jesus paid for our sins. I took a little time because there was nobody else in line, and she listened very carefully. She said, I'm going to give that some thought.
0: Thank you, Gary. We all can do that. Are we ready? Someone told me recently, someone asked him, so why are you so happy? And he said, well, I'm just a happy kind of person. Like, fail. <laughs> There's a better answer than I'm a happy kind of person. It's. But are we looking? Are we desiring? Are we hunting? Are we open? Are we asking God, Lord, open those doors to me? i believe if you have that heart those doors you'll find those doors and windows everywhere those opportunities for for gary it was a sales clerk named hannah open door and i'm i believe that most of us myself included too many times just pass on by those open doors those open opportunities I thought if I said, and I'm not going to say this this morning, but if I said, turn to somebody beside you and answer the question, why are you so happy like you're in the marketplace? We might be pretty quiet here for a while. Are we prepared? The scripture says, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Be prepared. Go home today. Take a piece of paper and write down something you can answer in one minute or less, because you probably won't get more than a minute at the Menards checkout counter or at the restaurant or in the airport. Or, but that when the door opens up, when it turns that direction, that you're able to see the door and be prepared to speak of Christ. Will it cost you? At times, but it also be a wonderful opportunities. One of the greatest things is when God uses you to speak of Christ, and it makes a difference in somebody's life. We had the uh, our prophetic ministry team was out at the psychic fair this this weekend, and the first person they came into their booth um, prayed with them to receive Christ. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! But they had to get out of their house, go sit in a booth, open themselves. You know, they had to put themselves out there. It cost them some time, life, prayer. They had the privilege of leading someone to Christ this weekend. And I love how 1 Peter 3.15 closes. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect. We're not the crazies. We don't have to do that. But I even have respect for the people out there in the corner because at least they're doing something. And it's amazing how many people have got saved through people who may be too aggressive. But, you know, our problem with this church is not too aggressive. Our problem is on the other side of the pendulum. And may God challenge us. And he can't do this out of guilt or duty needs to be done out of the spirit of God in us that we just, we're prepared. But then we do it because we love Jesus and we want other people to love him too. I watched a pastor in North Africa, one of the Dominican pastors. They said, why are you here? There was a question. And to a Muslim leader, he said, you know, and he just shared, because we've encountered a God of love and we just can't hold that in. And we just want, we know you guys have gone through some really hard times, and we just wanted to come and let you know how much God loves you. And instead of being offended, he talked more. He talked about Christ. man's like, you are my brother for life. You know, <laughs> he responded to the love of God. So I challenge us that we would be those that would be prepared. Are you prepared when someone asks that question, when the door opens, when you meet that clerk or that restaurant, are you prepared in an appropriate, gentle, respectful way, short, to to share your faith? Let's be those people. Let's be the people that shine the light of Christ in the world in which we live. And if you want some help in that, there is a... uh, A great resource I came across, I believe it's in your bulletins, thats by um, Kevin Harney, a course on sharing the good news, the law of love. How to do it appropriately in our society. Let's be those who know and are trained and able and active in sharing the love of God. In our uh, impact bulletins, if you can pull out those cards that you've been given. There's a purpose for these cards want to thank our team for their good work, particularly Kurt, in getting all these beautiful resources available to us. The two cards in particular we're going to focus on here are the personal commitment card, that's the big one here, and the impact funds commitment card. So these two cards, turn that off. We'll let it shine later on. Um, And I'm excited. We're going to start with the uh, financial commitment card. We've taken a aggressive approach, a goal this year to see $90,000 come in from our church. I thought it was fun. We, we've had this goal. The goal is this morning. We take these pledges. And as I think you heard last week, we already have a $10,000 jumpstart on this. A check came in before we ever took the pledge. I love that. People who just couldn't wait, wanted to be a part of seeing their lives make a difference. 10,000 came in that's particularly focused on the ultrasound machine for a new clinic in the Phillips neighborhood. Praise the Lord. Our church is gonna see babies saved in Jesus' name. Bless the Lord. And as I hear Greg and Stacy and the Bontraggers and the Loves and others share, I think I want these ministries to be blessed. I want them to have the food, the tools, the Bibles, the translated word of God, the money for the vehicle. Someday Terry will drive that Jeep up into the mountains and somebody in a town will be reached for Jesus And they'll say thank you to Terry. But I got to pardon that. They'll say thank you to Roberta for drinking tea in their house and sharing Jesus. But I got to pardon that. And I want my life, my resources to be a part of extending God's kingdom right here. Esther Holmes, other places, but also to the ends of the earth. The scripture says faith Without works is dead, and we're, we don't want any dead faith around here, right? We want a live faith, active faith, sacrificial faith. And you know, my as pastor, um, I take very seriously my call is not to do the work. My call is to equip the saints. That's all of us to do the work of the ministry. That's what we're about. And so on this financial commitment card, this is over a 12 month period. This is saying between now and a year from now, I'm gonna commit to give so much. And you know, it was funny is, I had filled this out maybe a week ago and I'd filled out the amount that we gave last year. It was a step of faith and seemed right and I filled it out. And then Kendrick says, don't give what you gave last year. God wants to stretch you. God wants, and it's like, ooh. Went home, and it's always funny when I I go home and I ask Janet and we agree on a number. It's like, okay, God's calling us up a step. And I don't believe that these numbers are a challenge for God. Honestly, from a church our size, it's very generous. Our church is an amazingly generous, giving church. I just want to encourage us to continue on in that vein. So let's just take a moment. I'd like you to hold the card. Ushers, if you can just come forward. Um, if, you, if you don't have a card, just raise your hand. I'd like everybody to have one. Ushers, if you have those cards, I want to make sure that right now we're doing that. You got them in the. Do you guys have cards? I'm looking more for you guys to be passing out the cards right now more than anything. I want to make sure everybody has one. If you don't have a card, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. We'll just wait a minute. And then here's what My heart is not to be uh, pressuring, manipulative, guilt, passing on, none of that. I believe these are exciting days. And all I ask is that, you ask the Lord, how much should I give? And I do believe that everybody should give something. Because I want that for you, God wants that for you. Don't just say, I'm staying on the sidelines even the widow in the church was able to give something be a part of giving something i remember a uh, young lady when we were on the field our finances got better and she was quite poor and i went to her later and i said thanks so much for your kind giving she was giving ten dollars a month to us i said but we're doing okay now. We we've, we've met our budget, and we not really. You don't really have to do that anymore. She grabbed my shirt. She grabbed my shirt, and she kind of put me up. She was about half my height. She grabbed me, and she said, "You're not going to rob me of my blessing." The Lord said, "She's right about this one." It's like okay, yeah. I said, I, "Oh, sorry, sorry. I back you, know, you." She knew. She she got it right. She wanted to be a part of what God was doing through our ministry, and I was not gonna stop that. And I go, God, give us that heart that we say, God, I want to be a part of my life reaching the lost, caring for the poor, saving unborn babies for the gospel. So ask the Lord what you're to give. So you're gonna take a minute before the Lord. And when you've filled that out, or when you know it, you can fold it in half if you want, just but hold it up before the Lord as an offering. Say, Lord, this is my offering. I want to be a part of this in Jesus' name. This is what we're doing as a church. We're part of a team. We're part of this community, and this is how, God, I know you're calling me to be a part of extending your kingdom through these ministries this year. Let's just take a moment. Father, you speak to your sheep. God, all we really want to do is hear from you. Father, it's not just what we can afford, but God, what we can believe you for. Thank you, God. Thank you that you call us into your ministry. You let us be a part. God, you can provide in ways and numbers that we can't even imagine, God. So we extend our faith to you, God. Work through each and every one of us. See your kingdom be expanded here. Thank you, Lord. If you've got that card, just hold it up and just, the ushers are going to come around. We're going to turn those in. Just pass it down into the aisles if you got them. Ushers, come on collect those before the Lord. Yeah, but you can do that a little later, John. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the provision that you bring through your people to carry on your work. But God, most of all, we're grateful to you we're grateful to you, God, for providing resources for us to give. Extend your kingdom all around the world in Jesus' name. And then we have a second card to look at this morning, the personal commitment. Take it up a notch. So I was looking at these personal commitments. I, for those of you who remember Keith Green who always stated things in a pretty powerful direct way. I thought of Keith Green's song to obey is better than sacrifice. I don't need your money, I want your life. But Keith Green was making very clear that God doesn't just want our finances. But he also wants us to get involved. That's what Greg was speaking of this morning. Handing out sandwiches, hugging on people, praying for people. My favorite picture there, I don't know if you noticed, but you have a picture of my mother talking to some guy who's probably three times her size. And she was down there in love, word, indeed. I'm sure she was telling him how much Jesus loved him and the purposes that God had for his life. And I thought, go, go get him, Mama. And this... Uh, talk to some ways you can commit to live the mission, to be involved in these projects, short-term missions, and also full-time ministry. Just take a look through that before the Lord, say, Lord, how do you want me to be involved? As a pastor who spent much of his life on the mission field, I continue to say that every Christian ought to have a missions experience. There's timing of that, God knows your situation, I get that, but God's able to provide the funds. And I think when we see the world through the eyes of different nations, our love and our understanding of God expands. We see how God doesn't just speak English, but he speaks Azerbaijani, that's how you say it, right? God knew that. He speaks Spanish, he speaks Creole, he speaks Russian, he speaks Swahili, and he loves them all like he loves you and me. And when we get that experience, our hearts expand and we grow in our faith and our love for him. But this one section I want to begin with as we take just responses today in the full time ministry. And so I want to make the call very clear because sometimes calls are a bit confusing and we don't know really what the guy's asking. i to so make this clear this morning. God does not call everyone into full-time vocational ministry, all right? He calls some into that area of serving the Lord. The goal is to obey God. But this morning, we're closing a missions conference and I wanna give the opportunity For those of you that believe that God's called you into full-time Christian work, I'd like you just to make sure you put that on your card. And you may have responded in previous conferences, but you're still looking for that time and that opportunity. But if this is where God has called you, if you're already serving in that, you can stay seated. But if you're not quite there and you are saying, God, I'm believing you for that in my future, then I'd like you to stand right where you are. Just stand up, and we're going to pray for you this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Steps of faith. You don't need to know how, you don't need to know where, you don't need to know with money. You're just responding to God's call upon your life. Praise the Lord. I love you, brother. Let's take another minute. We have time for the Lord to speak and people to respond. Praise the Lord. All right, let's just, those who are around, just put a hand on them. It's... And well, let's just do, well, let's do it. We're going to pray for them first. So if you're near them, reach out and pray for them. Let's pray for them right now that God will provide. Just believe with me. Pray with me. Father, I thank you that you take willing hearts, hearts that love you. None of us are perfect, God. But Father, you take us in our place and you, you call us. Take steps of faith outside of our comfort zone, outside of our abilities, God. So Father, we bless those that have stood today. Father, I pray that the passion of their heart would be be kindled, there'd be a fire, God, in their souls. And that God, you would define the pathway for them. Do the work in them, God that you want to do through them, Jesus. Show them the timing, the way. Pray they would not get ahead of you, but they also not be behind you, God. And show us as a church how to stand with them, disciple them, send them, God. We're a sending church, and I thank you, God, for those who respond to your call. In Jesus' name, amen. And then lastly, I think I just say here we have in the front, the commit to live the mission. And this is God's call to us wherever he's, call, he's set you to be. In the business world, in the schools, in your homes, in your neighborhoods. That you're saying, God, use me to extend your kingdom wherever he's placed me. If that's in your heart, please stand. Praise the Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Father. Father, use our lives for Your Kingdom. Father, fill us so much that Your life, Your Spirit, Your truth would just overflow in ways that will impact this world for Jesus. God, thank you for forming us more and more into a community, but also for forming more us more and more into an army of people that, with love and care and respect, will let others know of the beauty of our Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Just stay standing for a moment. Just a couple things as we close. Um, If you're a guest today, love to greet you out there at the Welcome Center. If you've been responding to the call and you want someone to pray with you or anything that's in your heart or a need you have or a prayer for healing, we're gonna have a ministry team up here. Please come forward. They're ready, waiting to pray with you. Uh, Partners, you guys can head out right now. Just head on out. They're gonna be at the booths. Please stop by to see them, shake their hand, pray for them, love on them. And lastly, I want... Janet, what? Um, let's just take those cards so we don't... I want those not going home with you. Uh, pass those cards down to the aisles. Ushers, come up forward even when we're standing just to make sure we have a record of how you're responding so we can help follow up with that. And as we do, this, so I'll just pass your cards on down to the aisle. That'd be great. And I want to say a special thanks to those like Kurt, all the good hard work you put in. Thanks, buddy. Matt, wherever Matt is, Matt has been really working hard in all his administration. Michelle, all my staff. Staff's worked really hard to put on a well-organized, loving, great food conference. All the volunteers that have been here to help with chairs and in the kitchen, and in the area this church has really jumped in, and I wanna say thank you to all of you in Jesus' name. So Father, thank you that you call us into your kingdom, as receivers, but also as givers. God, help us to know how to extend your kingdom through each and every one of our lives as a lifestyle, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give somebody a hug in Jesus' name. Change the world for Jesus.